Oh, you went there? Or Waddle Street. Waddle Street. Street? Yeah. Waddle. Waddle D. Hello and welcome to another episode of We Don't Wanna. This is the podcast where we really don't wanna. In every single episode, we'll be taking a very reluctant journey through a series that one of us loves and the other, well, that's where that their reluctancy comes in, eh? Hey, oi, hey, oi. We are your hosts. I am Zach, and as always, I am joined by my co-host. He's wearing a giant stuffed lion head. <laughs> Scotty Westside. Yeah, I couldn't find my giant stuffed griffin head, so I had to go with the lion head to, <laughs> to replace bitch. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a fucking cocksucker. Ah, uh, yeah. How you doing today, pal? I'm doing good. Uh, actually, it is early. We never do this. It's early in the day. This is a this is a big change up for us. We record yeah. at night, and I, I still I've been feel listening like... to like a bunch of hipster ass music, like oh, Lord Phoebe Bridgers and shit like that, and just I'm feeling good. I'm feeling nice. Excellent, excellent. I am feeling like I still need to wake up. Um, <laughs> it's not that early, but it isn't. It, it feels early for me sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Scott and I, uh, neither of us were feeling great last night when we recorded this week's episode of, of One Piece. We don't want to. Uh, so we called it quits after, uh, after recording that to get some sleep, to go night-night. And I think we're feeling a little better this, this morning. So hopefully we have <laughs> a good episode. Did you just say to go night-night? Uh, razzle-dazzle. Razzle-dazzle. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a different feel for sure but we'll we'll get through it i'm sure we're, we're gonna have fun we always have fun we always have fun always i don't know is this fun. episode gonna be fun scott uh well you know now that you say that <laughs> n- n- no i listen oh, I, I don't i just i don't even know what to say about this book right now like I don't have any hot, spicy takes like this is shitty writing. This is uh-huh. this. This is that. I just I I I've I'm just so bored with it. Like nothing is fucking happening, and I'm just like, I could what are have we doing? foreseen this. Oh boy. Yeah, it's alright. But hey, before we jump into this, uh huh. Are you doing okay, man? I'm doing good. You're doing all right. Yeah, doing great. Good. Excited Dude, for glad, hockey glad later to today. That. My abs play. Gonna try and your speak. abs. My abs. You're part owner. I wish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gonna sweep the Blues today, hopefully, and uh, move on to the second round of the hockey. Blues, playoffs. huh? The blue yeah. balls. The blue balls. So let's uh, let's let's jump into this thing, man. What 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 are we doing? We're doing chapters seventeen through. 21 yeah another another five chapter chunk you know i like to do the old chappy chunk and um (laughs) yeah chapter 17 through 21 where we last left off was they just had their 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 boar's head meeting uh got them some nice deli meats and uh, (laughs) they uh they're forming this this secret data group and uh so yeah chapter 17 uh 
They, they had just got done with the meeting. Harry, who has been a little bitch baby sad boy this entire book, is all happy now because Cho was proud of him and people were impressed with the shit that he's done. This fucker loves to pretend that he hates attention, but the oh, second loves it. the second he gets positive attention, he's fucking all about it. He is oh, yeah. all about it. Are you it. kidding me, dude? This fucking guy. I used to be like that. Now I just own it. I love attention. It's fine. Let's go. Talk I, about me. Look at me. Yeah, <laughs> you are a little show off asshole. I, I hey, I, look, it is it is who I am. It's I true. Am who Listen, I am. own who you are. I don't care either way. I don't care about anything. A duck much. is a duck. Yeah, exactly. Tiger don't <laughs> change his stripes. What was the lame? Wasn't that here in Harry Potter? Yeah, where they did yeah. The super Somebody lame. Like reinvented that. Saying, yeah, toadstool doesn't was. change its. Princess, poop. something like that. Poop. Don't stools don't poop. <laughs> well, stool. You know, stool is oh, poop. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but yeah, the, him being happy about this lasts all of thirty seconds, and then he's back to being sad baby bitch boy again. I almost said, uh, did, did you know that this is an infuriate you? It also pisses me off. Do you know that apparently, like Gen Z, they say like doo kaka, like that's a like that's a common term in their vocabulary. I, I sure yes no. You knew I that? don't know. No, I a common term in they have whatever common terms in every <laughs> vocabulary. Like what? What do I care? I just I saw a TikTok the other day and it was like talking about like Gen Z kids and I was like. Fuck, they say these and things? saying doo doo caca. Yeah, they say doo doo caca. Doo doo. Them saying doo doo caca is like the least like offensive and angry thing. I just think it's funny that it's like it's like built in their vocabulary. Like it's normal talk. It's not like ironically saying doo doo caca. They don't do anything ironically. They don't understand the <laughs> what irony is. Okay, Everything they enough. do is so sincere, and that's what makes it worse. Now, that's like the least <laughs> angry thing. Like. That doesn't make me angry at all. A lot of the things they do, the youngins, as I call them, do, does make me irrationally Fuck, angry. But we're Dude old, Kaka, dude. We're, I'm super old. Dudukaka doesn't. Yeah, that one doesn't move the <laughs> dude needle for me. I don't know why it moves the needle for you. Uh, so <laughs> Harry, they 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 see there's this notice up that says all groups and club have been canceled. Uh, cancel culture strikes again. (laughs) Anyone participating in an unsanctioned club will be expelled. And Harry's like, "Uh, she knows. Umbridge knows. Someone at the pub heard us or someone told her. And Ron, of course, his immediate reaction is he jumps to Ginny's boyfriend. He's like, oh, fucking Ginny's boyfriend. Like, that dick. I don't think he doesn't call her that. He calls her his name but it's uh this is uh zachariah smith or michael no mark what was it michael corner yeah that's the one michael corner mark or corner uh he's like i knew i didn't trust that fucker he only dislikes him because uh he's going out with jenny right she's real dumb they try to uh this is interesting and funny i always kind of wondered about this with these horny teenagers but (laughs) <laughs> they try to run up the to the girls' dorm to tell Hermione, and the slot and the stairs like uh, turn into slide, and they can't go up, and they slide back down. 
and yeah. Hermione's like, oh, a couple girls came down, come down, a couple Gryffindor girls, and make fun of them and call them dipshits. Like, you can't come up here, idiots. Ha ha, look at you. And then Hermione comes down and she's ha, like, ha ha, look, you have penises. Ha ha, look, you have dicks. Uh, <laughs> and she comes down and tells him, like, yeah, it's an old fashioned rule. Uh, I know all about this because I'm smart and I read. She says, in Hogwarts of history, the founders thought boys were less trustworthy than girls. Anyway, why were you trying to get that? She just like she just states that and moves on. Yep. And I'm like, that's probably true. That's probably true. So because I, I think Ron complains that she's been up in their dorm a bunch of times. Like I think like Christmas specifically, I always think she's up there. But, right. Yeah, they can't go up to to the girls' dorm, which I found. Look, a- answering all the world-building questions that you have, Scott. Yeah, exactly. So they show Hermione this notice, and Ron's like, that Michael Corner kid blabbed, someone blabbed. And Hermione's like, you're such a dipshit. Just because you're not trustworthy doesn't mean, like, everyone else is. <laughs> right. Uh they, she's like, they can't have blabbed because I put a jinx on that piece of parchment that we all signed. Uh, believe me, if everyone, anyone's run off and told Umbridge, we'll know exactly who they are and we'll really regret it. And Ron's like, what'll happen to him? And Hermione says, put it this way, it'll make Eloise Midgen's acne look like a couple of cute freckles. <laughs> this is the same girl who they were making fun of in Goblet of Fire, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yes. Where Hermione like first defended her and then kind of like threw shade at her later where she was like, yeah, Eloise Midgen's starting to look pretty good, isn't she, Ron? <laughs> when these dipshits couldn't get dates. Uh, so Hermione again... With throw, the zingers. With the, yeah, the zingers. The subtle shade at our girl Eloise Mingen. It's just... It's also pretty hardcore that she jinked that paper. It's very hardcore. Hermione is fucking rad doing doing this shit. She's always thinking of everything. She does the most. <clears throat> she does the mostest. Um, They're in Binz's class, the, the History of Magic, and Hedwig comes to the class window, and she's hurt, and I'm not okay with this. Harry Harry has to leave, and they make note that Bins always seems surprised that anyone is even in the room. He's just he's just <laughs> up there teaching and droning on, and every time like someone speaks or asks him a question, he's like, "What? There are people in here? What the fuck?" Uh, then he calls Harry Perkins, which I find hilarious. He doesn't know anyone's names either. Yeah, he's pretty dumb. Yeah. So Harry goes to the staff room. He's trying to find. Uh, old prof dirty board because she's the care of magical creatures and he's like she'll know what to do with my her owl here and uh <laughs> there's these suddenly these two stone gargoyles that are now my new favorite characters in the book yes. they're fucking amazing they're just like these fucking shitty snarky gargoyles that are just at this uh the staff room door they remind me of the. Do uh, you remember the the Sentinels in uh, Game of Thrones? I think they're at Winterfell. Like they 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 go. The Sentinels. Like, well, they're like the guards, basically. But like they're they're like on lookout. Who are you talking about in Game of Thrones? I think it's in Game of Thrones. There's like there's like these two dudes that are always with the Starks, and like they're like they're guards and like. <sighs> 
Hold on. The fuck are you talking about? I just, I feel like I remember, like, at some point when, like, either Arya or somebody was, like, trying to get in somewhere, and they're like, dude, I'm fucking Arya, or I'm fucking so-and-so, and they're like, oh, shit! But they're, like, not recurring characters? No, they're not important characters. They're, like, but, but it's the same two, like, actors who are cast for this role that, like, it happens a couple times throughout, throughout the series. I, I don't. No, maybe I'm maybe I'm off my fucking rocker, but maybe I just don't know what you're talking about. But you're probably crazy. Um, anyway, these gargoyles are hilarious. <laughs> they say as Harry walks up, one of them says, "You should be in class, Sunny Jim." I don't know what the fuck this means. They call him Sunny Jim, like sunny, like oh, it's bright and sunny outside, and Jim. It's it's the British's version of Sunny D. All right. <laughs> Sunny D. Okay. Why are they calling Harry the British version of Sunny D? <laughs> because uh, fucking Sunny D, all right? I don't know what this means, but Sunny Jim is amazing. Harry's like, oh, this is urgent. And the gargoyle just comes back with, ooh, urgent, is it? <laughs> well, that's put us in our place, hasn't it? <laughs> And yeah. then, so he knocks, McGonagall comes out, and she's immediately pissed at him. She's like, have you gotten another fucking detention? And he's like, no. And she's like, well, then why are you out of class? And the gargoyles pipe up again, and they're like, it's urgent, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> These fucking gargoyles are amazing. I feel like they're they're fucking, they're like the past life of Fred and George. They might be. They, they... They reminded me a little bit of the the old Muppet dudes. Is it Statler and Waldorf? Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't know how much Muppets you've ever watched. No. They're just always like heckling everybody and like giving everyone shit. That's hilarious. I they, love they, that. Yeah, they just sit back and do nothing but give people shit, and it's pretty great. So uh, Professor Dirty Board is in there. She takes Edwig, says she'll take care of her. McGonagall makes a point to tell Harry that communication in and out of Hogwarts is being closely watched. Uh, he grabs... So Hedwig did bring a letter with her, even though she's hurt. It's from Sirius, and he says, meet tonight. Hermione thinks someone may have attacked Hedwig to try and intercept the message. And I'm like, didn't you fucking attack my girl Hedwig? I love that you've come around on Hedwig. Dude, Hedwig's rad. How can I not? Hedwig is rad. You hated her. I don't think I ever hated her. I just don't... She had no personality for, like, the first two or three books. Yeah, that's fair. When did I ever hate her? I don't I don't know. I, I feel like you hated her. Check the tapes. Um, Malfoy is being a dick and says they're going to take Harry to St. Mungo's because magic has scrambled his brain. Neville goes absolutely postal over this, and Harry and Ron have to keep him from attacking Malfoy. So we know... Harry knows why this happens, but no one else does because he did keep his promise about not that he told Dumble that he wouldn't tell what he knows about Neville's parents uh, being in St. Mungo's because the Cruciatus course drove him insane. Cruciatus curse, excuse me, drove him insane. So, Uh, you know what? Uh, Good for Neville, I guess, standing up for. I mean, he's not really standing up for himself. He's he's losing his temper and getting mad, but but he's not being a little bitch. Right, I appreciate any 
emotion that's not being a coward from Neville, I guess, is is what I'm trying to say. So Yeah. So they're in uh, Snape's class, Potions, and Umbridge is doing his inspection. She asks him how often he's applied for the Defense Against the Dark Arts position <laughs> and <laughs> why, a good interaction. why Dumble has never given it to him. Snape is like not having this. He's just like, you'll have to ask him. And so she was being super shitty to him. He's not in a good mood. And Snape shits on Harry's potion again and gives him a bunch of homework and whatever. Um, I would just like to point out, because you like to give me shit for me liking Snape when he's always like shitty to these kids. Uh Uh-huh. And I would like to point out like three quarters of the time especially when he's being shitty to Harry, it's not he's not doing it for no random reason. It's because Harry is being a careless little piece of shit and his potion deserves to be criticized. Okay, that's fine. But he doesn't do it to other students if they're not Slytherins. I'm uh, sorry, hold on, let me rephrase that. He never does it to Slytherins. He never does it to and Slytherins. He, and he does it to Gryffindor, and he always does it out loud in front of the entire class and makes fun of... Well, maybe if Harry wasn't trying to, like, fucking eavesdrop and listen in on this conversation and was, like, paying attention to his goddamn potion, uh, wasn't being a no- nosy little asshole, Snape wouldn't have to fu- shit all over him, you know? Is all I'm trying to say. Is all I'm trying to say. I, I get what you're trying to say. I just think you're full of shit. I mean, I am full of shit, for sure. Um... There's a good exchange with Umbridge and Snape, and in the movie it's done really well because Alan Rickman is a fucking baller, of Definitely. course. Uh, she's like, just like you were saying, she's like, you applied first for Defense Against the Dark Arts, po- uh, Dark Arts Post, uh, I believe, and Snape says quietly, yes. And she goes, but you were unsuccessful. And he goes, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and and in Alan Rickman's voice, it's just obviously, just, obviously, yeah, it's so good. He's a baller. So the the next they go to divination, and Trelawney got her inspection res- results, and she's like furious, crying all lesson. She's put on probation. She's she's big upset, and they can't have Quidditch practice yet, uh, because teams have been canceled. And yep. then the, there's just a couple quick hit, quick hits here. This book was so boring. This part of this book was so boring. I got to be honest with you. Friend George perfect their vomit candy. There was like this. This was like ten pages condensed into basically three sentences. <laughs> Trelawney's <laughs> okay. mad about her inspection. Uh, they can't have Quidditch practice. And friend George perfect their vomit candy. And that's that. Okay. So that night. Sirius shows up. Uh, Sirius's head shows up in the fire. My boy Crookshanks, who of course is good friends with Sirius, they're they're old buddies, they're old pals. He's like purring up a storm, and he tries to get like close to the fire. He's trying to like bat at Sirius's head, and Hermione has to drag him back so he doesn't burn himself in the fire, uh, which I find awesome because Crookshanks is awesome. Crookshanks is awesome. Crookshanks is the best. So Sirius knows about their their secret defense against the dark arts group. Like, what? How do you know? And Sirius gives them shit. And he's like, the hog's head? Come on. Come on. 
whose idea was that? Hermione gets all defensive and she's like, no one ever goes in there and it's way less crowded. And Sirius makes the decent point of he's like, well, then it's quieter and people can overhear you better. Like you probably wouldn't have been overheard as easily in somewhere that it was crowded, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. He tells him the the witch at the bar who I called out last time being like, this witch is acting strange. This is somebody. <laughs> it's my guy yes. Mundungus. It's fucking Mundungus Fletcher. I knew you were going to get a kick out of that when you found that out. <laughs> I was so happy about this. Apparently, he has to dress up as a witch all the time because he was banned from this bar 20 years ago. And who knows for what, because Mundungus is a baller, probably. He's a fucking slime ball. He so. is a total slime ball. Uh, basically, Harry is still being watched. They still have Harry under surveillance anytime he leaves. Don't you think it's kind of hilarious that, like, this guy gets banned from this bar for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and instead of just, like, finding a different bar to go to, he yeah. goes to the... <laughs> the effort to just like disguise himself to be fair i i assumed this was more because like oh he's on harry watch duty and he can't go in this bar so he but you're probably right he probably still goes there regularly (laughs) even when he's off duty you're probably right so sirius tells them that he's like hey molly wanted me to tell you that ron you are forbidden from participating in this Defense against the Dark Arts group because it will ruin your future. You'll be expelled and your whole future will be down the toilet. And she said, basically, she also says, I I don't have full authority and control over Harry and Hermione, but she strongly advises that they do the same, that they also don't do this. Sirius, of course, is like, I think this idea is great. It's like, Harry breaking the rules? Hell yeah. That reminds me of James Potter, and that gets me raging hard. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Anything that reminds me of James Potter, I am just full chub for. The, the serious thing, like, full chub I, I, I get it both ways, though, you know? I take it both ways. <laughs> you definitely take it all ways. Uh, <laughs> no, like, uh, like, I get frustrated with Sirius and how reckless he is. But also, like, I do think that that this whole thing is a good yes. idea. Yes, like, this is important. Like, even Hermione, who is, like, the most follow-the-rules, like... Level-headed. Level-headed person. This, I mean, this whole thing was, like, her brainchild because she understands right. how important it is. But I do also understand it from Molly's perspective is that she does not want them participating or being anywhere near any danger... Because she's protective of them to where this would be needed. Right. I think that's more... It's not like she just doesn't want them uh, to learn dark, defense against the dark arts and be prepared. And And even I think it's less of her worrying about them being expelled. I think it is mostly like, oh, if they're doing this, they're going to try and be more involved in things because they think they're prepared but I want sure. to protect them and keep them as far away from it as possible. That that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think an, another element to it is uh we obviously you and I as the readers because we're seeing it from this like kind of godlike perspective. Mm-hmm. We know that the ministry is absolutely interfering and just like being fucking right. You know, watering down this class, right? Mm-hmm. Uh 
but I don't I don't know that Molly or or, or people outside of the school necessarily like fully understand, fully understand how, yeah. how bad their education and how bad their like skills are going to be hindered because of this. Right. So there's I think there's a little bit of that too. Yeah, definitely. So Sirius is still talking to him and oh, they're trying to figure out where they can have their secret meetings. And Sirius suggests right. like the Shrieking Shack and a couple other places and they're like no, if that won't, none of that'll fucking work. And he's like, well, I'll have to think and get back to you. But then he, like, tenses up and is alarmed. He's, like, looking around. And then he vanishes. And all of a sudden, there's this uh, apparently Umbridge's hand, like, groping amongst the flames, like, trying to catch hold of Sirius. I don't fully understand how this half-fluing works. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how she would, like put her hand through and catch him. I don't listen. I don't understand the logistics of this, but apparently there's some way she like tapped into the flu network and was trying to catch Sirius. Well, the, the thing about the flu network is, is that there isn't really tapping in, right? It's just like, if, if your fireplace is connected to the flu network, you're in, that's it. Like, you throw flu, pl- flu powder in, and you can just go into any fireplace so, with the flu network. In theory, so I assume this is serious, like from their hidden from his ancestral home. They're hidden like the base of the Order of the Phoenix. Sure. So Probably. obviously, this is like connected to the flu network. So could anyone just like pop into that fireplace from another connected? I guess. I guess I'm not really sure about that specifically. Um. Like, I think, because I think you would have to know exactly where you're going. Right, you know? but if they did know, like, oh, 20 Grimald Place and throw the flu powder and blah, 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 are they there? Um, or is it specifically protected because of all the secret keeper nonsense? I, th- I think maybe the Fidelius Charm might cloak that. Um, I, To be honest, I don't know for sure, but, I mean, that's a good question. I, I think what's happening more is is she is looking into the to the Gryffindor fireplace, right? Like, she has no idea where Sirius is. Sure. But but Sirius's head is in the Gryffindor fireplace, so that's, that's where, and that's where her hand is, so that's where she's at. I guess, but why wouldn't she just, like, go through to the Gryffindor fireplace and be like, yeah, I caught you fuckers? Yeah, I've, I've thought about this before, too. Um, I, I don't why know. Why just reach her hand through? Like, yeah, that's... That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no idea. Anyways, and that's the end of the chapter. They they freak out and run, and they're like, oh, I fucking hope Sirius is okay. And so chapter 18, Hermione is now certain that Umbridge is, in fact, the one that attacked Hedwig, or one of her underlings, I guess, or whatever, and has been reading his mail. Uh, she brings up the Filch dung bombs thing. She, like, Filch is kind of her... Pets. Go between, yeah, to like be an excuse to read Harry's mail whole thing. Um, Hermione, all of a sudden, this whole thing was her idea. And now she's wondering if it is, in fact, a good idea because Sirius thinks it is. Uh, so she's like, yeah, I <laughs> thought this. That's how bad Sirius Right. Is. That's how bad Sirius is. She's like, yeah, this is my idea. I thought it was great. But now that Sirius thinks that's a good idea, I'm seriously questioning my logic. She thinks that. Sirius is living vicariously through them. 
Like, and he absolutely he is. absolutely is. She's a hundred percent right. He <laughs> yeah. can't leave this house, so them being in danger is like how he gets off. Basically, the only way he can get off anymore. <laughs> God damn it, Scott! <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I can get off, Kakarot. Uh, <laughs> he's got a belt around his neck when he's like uh, calling them <laughs> through the flu. Network. Fuck yeah! Shouts out uh, to our fucking boys, Jeff Gersby. Yes. Dan Riker. Dan Riker. All systems Goku. Go listen to it. They yeah. uh, they get mad at her because she's basically insulting <laughs> Sirius. So I'm sorry. They're like, whatever. Uh, my next note, the entire note is friend George have ass boils. That's the note. Hell yeah. There's just this thing about them going to Quidditch practice and they have ass boils and they don't want to ride their brooms and that's that. That's that's all we get about that. It's Harry, hot, right? Harry realizes that he can pretty clearly sense Voldy's moods now. Um, Voldy is apparently mad because something is not happening quickly. They mm-hmm. theorize that is this maybe they you know they talked about early in one of the early chapters about he's trying to get this weapon. And they're like, maybe he's mad because he can't hasn't been able to get his hands on this weapon yet. Ron thinks he should tell Dumble that Dumble would want to know, but Harry's still being a little bitch about his little spat with Dumble. Um, right. And being all butthurt. So. Voldemort is upset that uh, that they aren't milking his snake fast enough. Yes, he needs that snake just absolutely <laughs> destroyed. Uh, Harry <laughs> is having his locked door corridor dream again. And he's reaching to open up one of the doors when Dobby wakes him up. He's brought Hedwig back. And he is wearing almost all of the clothes that Hermione has knitted. <laughs> I think we talked about this. There's this whole I thing. I love this. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> like so funny. <laughs> all the clothes keep disappearing. So Hermione thinks she's freeing like hundreds of elves. <laughs> but it's just all Dobby. And Harry's like, have you been taking all of them? And Dobby's like, no, 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 no. Of course not. I gave a few to Tinky Winky. <laughs> but none, of, no one else. All the other elves are like insulted by this. And they refuse yep. to clean Gryffindor Tower anymore. And Dobby's like, I don't care. I do it all myself. It's it's cool. I was, in fact, hoping I could run into Harry Potter. And Harry's God, like, it's so oh, funny. that's cool. I got to go see a doc. No, I'm kidding. Basically, he does, though. So he Harry asks Dobby, like, hey, do you know anywhere where we could have a, this secret fucking defense against the dark arts class? And Dobby very conveniently knows the perfect place. I mean, if anybody's going to know, like, all the secret or most of the secrets of Hogwarts, the, the people that are servants and have to go about all the entire grounds and everything probably would make sense i guess it's more just like not that he would know about a room it's just like oh this room is magically just always going to be perfect for whatever you fucking need it to be we so yeah we find out about this room of room of requirement jesus that took way more effort than it should have uh-huh uh it is only around when someone really needs it and it just always magically has everything you need inside of it. Right. He found it before to hide <laughs> drunk Tinky Winky because she's still going on benders. And it always has, like, butterbeer antidotes. Uh, apparently that's a thing. And just, like, 
little elf-sized beds for her to sleep off her hangovers in. And he also mentions Filch has gotten cleaning supplies from this room before. Apparently Filch was really low in cleaning supplies, and boom, there's this room requirement. And also, this we get a little Easter egg here. This was the room full of toilets that Dumble mentioned last book. Yes, I was hoping you'd catch that. Yeah, I. he told that story about... And you thought it was fucking bonkers. I, I thought it was bonkers and funny, but now we got this whole lore behind it. Um, oh, you don't like this? I think it's so rad. No, it's not that I dislike it. I just would have liked it more if this if Hogwarts was more like the oldest house, like in control. But anyway, oh, that's such an unfair fucking opinion, you piece. It's of a shit. totally unfair thing. Listen, like <laughs> I said before, if you're looking for fairness from me, you've come to the wrong podcast. Uh, okay. How the hell did this bitch get his OP map back? I I made a point of mentioning this at the end of the last book. That, what's his name had it, fake Moody TM had it, and then Dumble was very interested when they told him about it, so I assume Dumble would have like, I think Dumble gave it back, confiscated this, but no, Dumble's just like, ah, oh, here's your map back, apparently, or whatever. So he's he's got his fucking map, and they go for their first meeting, and sure enough, this place is perfectly equipped with everything they need. There's, like, books on jinxes and hexes and cushions for them to, like, stun each other on and all this bullshit. Hermione wants to formally elect Harry leader. She says it'll give him, like, authority if they formally, like, elect him. Yeah. And they settle on Dumbledore's Army, or DA, for the name of their group. I think Dumbledore's Army was Ginny's idea because Ginny's rad. Yeah, it's a good name. It's a good name. And, of course, Harry wants to do the old Expelly Blast, the only fucking spell he knows. <laughs> I love that you call it Expelly Blast. <laughs> For his first lesson, he's like, let's do Expelly Blast. And everyone's like, what the fuck? We're not going to use that on Voldy. And Harry's like, to his credit, is like, I fucking used it on Voldy and it saved my life. So then they shut up and do Expelly Blast with him. Right. Uh, they practice for a while, and Harry tries to act cool for Cho, mostly unsuccessfully. And that's the end of that chapter. Uh, these chapters are kind of flying by because almost nothing is happening, or nothing interesting, I should say. I mean, this is, this is good stuff. I, you say that, but is it? <laughs> it's the start of something new, Scott. We are nearly 20 chapters into this book. We shouldn't be at the start of anything. We should be that in the thick of it. Is fair. Yes. Um. For all we know, we could be in the thick of it. I don't. If this is the thick of it, oh boy, this book has even bigger problems. So, chapter nineteen. Hermione has this fucking brilliant protean charm. Um, protean reminds me of. I feel which what game was it? There was some Protoss protean. There's some. RTS, I feel like that. That's yeah, like one it's of the Starcraft. Factions. Starcraft, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That's like one of my favorite games ever, dude. <laughs> that's right. I always forget you're a big Starcraft fan. Um, so yeah, Protean Charm. That's what that reminded me of. Uh, she does it on these galleons, the gold coins, to let everyone know when they're meeting. It's so good. My guy Terry Boot. Every time he's fucking mentioned, I'm just like, let's go, Terry Boot. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> 
Uh, he's like super impressed because that's a super advanced uh, magic, and he's like, "Why the fuck aren't you in Ravenclaw?" Because he's in Ravenclaw, right? And he's like, "You're freaking brilliant and smart. Why aren't you in Ravenclaw?" And Hermione does mention she's like, "Oh yeah, the Sorting Hat actually had a tough time sorting me." I, I, she said he considered Ravenclaw for a long time before putting her in Gryffindor, probably similar to the way that the Sorting Hat almost put Harry in Slytherin, and then ended up putting him in Gryffindor. Right. But I think that was, I, I, I've griped about that before. Like Hermione is so smart. Why isn't she in Ravenclaw? Cause she's the only one that thinks in this entire bunch. So I'm glad we got that little tidbit here. Although I still think the sorting hat fucked up. And <laughs> so next note just says, this chapter is my greatest nightmare. Ron Quidditch. And Hermione kissing Ron on the cheek. All happened in this chapter. (laughs) And it's literally like this this chapter could not be more of anti-Scott nonsense shenanigans. This this entire chapter is about the Quidditch game. I think I have about two more notes in this entire chapter, Zach. Uh, So I hope you're ready to burn through this real quick because... Okay. Spoiler alert... I don't give two fucking shits about Quidditch. Ugh. It's so lame. It's so dumb. I hate it so much. Long story short, Ron sucks, but Gryffindor still wins. That is the entire Quidditch game. Summed up in like seven words. After the game, Malfoy is being extra shitty about them winning. And... <laughs> Harry and George beat the fuck out of him. No wands, just fists, baby. They go postal on his ass and just beat the shit out of him. He basically insults Harry and uh, the Weasley parents, which I'm not okay with. And he makes a crack about Harry's mom, which Harry is not okay with. Uh, There were a bunch of people holding back Fred. That's why he didn't help in the beating, but he wanted to. You gotta acknowledge the song that all of Slytherin was singing. No, I don't have to acknowledge it because I don't give a fuck. Okay, but they're talking shit about Ron. You should, you should inherently love this. I don't though. That's how shitty this chapter was. You're such a fucking cock. I'm ass. not a cock. What do you want from me? Quidditch is so dumb and so boring. This book it's is still, shitty right now. It's still part of the story. Okay, what's what's the they're song? They're just they're shitting on on Ron. Yeah, that's what I said because he sucks. Mm-hmm. But and and they they just keep saying that Weasley is their king. Yeah, right. Because yeah. he's gonna blow the game for them. Yeah, it's it's the whole gag of like, oh, so and so was the best player on our team tonight when right they're exactly. on the other team and yeah, it's dumb. I don't, I don't know what you want from me. I. This book is a actual trash fire right now. <laughs> Fucking Quidditch. I I did not realize how big a deal uh last book when Goblet of Fire with the whole Triwizard tournament how big like no discussion about Quidditch practice or having Quidditch games or them obsessing about Quidditch like every chapter. I didn't realize how big a deal that was and how important that was to the success of that book. Until I'm reading this book, and it's just Quidditch comes up constantly. Right. So, yeah. 
anyway, uh, McGonagall is furious. She, they're in her office. She is punishing them. She says she's going to give George and Harry like a full week's detention when Umbridge comes in. And is like, oh, hey, I forgot to mention, we got this new decree passed because you overrode me on letting the Gryffindor team reform. So now I have final say on punishments and I'm banning these fuckers from Quidditch for life. And also Fred for good measure because he wanted to fight, but people were holding him back. So Fred, George, Harry, all banned for life from Quidditch. My first thought is, if this means I don't have to hear about Quidditch constantly, hallelujah, good, ban them, ban these fuckers. Yeah, that's... I dislike Quidditch, but, like, your hatred is just unwarranted. It's It's not unwarranted. It's so irrational. It's not irrational. Just calm down. this, This part of this book, Zach, was not good. I, I'm also not, listen, I'm also not advocating for that. I'm not saying, oh, this, this section is phenomenal, but like, you're just real hot about I'm it. Just, I, I didn't think I would get this hot because I was just like reading these. I was like just so bored and whatever, but just thinking about Quidditch gets me hotter than I realized, I guess. It's just, <laughs> it's, 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 it's miserable to read. It really is. Like, I, I, I don't want to harp on this too much. It's just none of these... I, I am a little sad. Look, I know you don't give two fucks about Quidditch. Yeah. I am a little sad that you didn't even care about our girl Luna wearing the lion hat thing. You keep talking about how much you love Luna and how great Luna is. And every time... She's she, so ridiculous. Every time she comes up, I'm just like, okay. Like... She's, she's just absurd. She does one tiny little thing and I I don't like it i don't dislike it i'm just like uh, okay i don't think it's like i just think she's so different she's just such a weirdo and i love her she's absurd but not not enough to a degree for me where it's like noteworthy or like funny it's just kind of like oh huh that's kind of quirky it's more just like gets like a huh for me it's not anything stronger than that to be honest (sighs) this is because you have zero soul but all right fine continue (laughs) I mean, that is true, but also a low blow. How dare you? So, yeah, that that entire chapter was Quidditch, so we can move on. Chapter 20. Oh, Hagrid is back. That's uh, the end of that chapter. I totally I, I skipped a note at the end of that chapter. Hang on, sorry. End of chapter 19. Everyone is miserable because they got banned and Ron because he sucks. And Hermione says she can cheer them up because Hagrid is back. And that's the end of the chapter. So chapter 20 starts out with they immediately go down to see Hagrid and he is beat to absolute shit. Like his face is all fucked up, uh, bruised up, cut eye, probably one of those gross anime bulbs, bulges on his head. Uh, He doesn't want to tell them what happened. They ask if giants beat him up. And he's like, shit, how did you know about that? And they're like, (laughs) well, we didn't. We just guessed because it wasn't that hard. My boy Hagrid always, like, you know, can't help himself. Shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Yep. Classic Hagrid. Are you glad to have Hagrid back? I'm very glad to have Hagrid back. Always. Always glad to have Hagrid back. He hasn't heard anything about what's gone on over the summer because he's been, like, uh, radio silent, I guess, on assignment. 
And he is shocked to hear that Harry was attacked by the Dementors and that he nearly got expelled. Harry's a real little shit about it, and he'll be like, well, we'll only tell you about what happened to us over the summer if you tell if you tell us what you know you did over your summer. Because Hagrid doesn't want to tell him, but he's finally relents and is like, fine, I'll fucking tell you. He's not a tough one to crack. He's not a tough one. <laughs> listen, he, he tried. He was like, listen, this information is like very important to keep secret. But then two minutes later, he's like, all right, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. So he went with Madame Maxime um, to go find the Giants. He He's being followed, though. They they had to make it look like they were just on holiday or whatever. Uh, also, apparently, he is still not allowed to do magic. I think I asked this last book or a couple books ago, and I was like, is he just full-on allowed to do magic because his name has been cleared and all this? And I think you decided that, yes, he was, but apparently not. Uh, he says here he's not allowed to do magic because they're being followed by that. members of the ministry, and he's like, they're looking for anything to get me in trouble, so I can't use magic. Hmm. So I found that interesting. Interesting. And uh, <laughs> he's telling about the journey, and I just I, I wrote this down because I thought it was funny. He says, it wasn't a bad journey. Ran to a couple of mad trolls on the Polish border, and I had a slight disagreement with a vampire in a pub in Minsk. But apart from that, couldn't have been smoother. <laughs> Sounds like the beginning of a great joke. I know, it does. That or just like a story, a really good story that I want to know about. Uh, but Hagrid, I, we don't get any more than that. I really just want to know about this vampire in the pub in Minsk and how they had this slight disagreement. <laughs> And but Hagrid's so great. He's just like, yeah. Apart from this, these couple things that sound super crazy. Yeah, couldn't have been smoother. Couldn't have been smoother. And um, so then he's talking about they they find the giants. They go way up in the mountains. They find the giants. He says they had to be careful using magic. One because giants don't like magic, and also because. Voldy is going to be after the Giants too, so they just have to keep a low profile. Which I also think is hilarious because how these two giant people keep a low profile. I think it's a very good plan. Yeah. Words. It's yeah. It's a. It's it's very ridiculous and very funny. <laughs> yeah. Kagrid keeps going on about. We got to be careful about drawing attention to ourselves as we got nearer, nearer in case there were Death Eaters around. I'm like Hagrid, <laughs> you always draw attention to yourself, buddy, just by existing. So pretty much, and Maxime. Yeah, and Maxime too. So they find the giants. And they're making some progress with them. They've got like this chief, and they go down every day and like give him gifts. And then on like the third day or something, there's like this big infighting amongst the giants. Hagrid mentioned that they giants are dying out because they need to be like spread out. Uh, they kill each other too much if they're all kind of like cooped up together. Right. And that's that's what happens here. They're big infighting amongst the giants and basically that chief that they were having, I can't remember his name, that they were uh, making Carcass. Carcass, yeah. The chief that they Carcass that they were making good progress with, he's dead. His head is just at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> just done, so. Yep. Um they go down to like try and get in good with the new chief. But he immediately doesn't like them because spoiler alert, he's in league with the the Dieters the Death Eaters, and they basically have to get out of there before they get killed. But they're not leaving just yet. 
Hagrid's like, this is fucking the job Dumble gave us. We're not giving up that easy. So they're like, they have to still like be super careful because they know the Death Eaters are around. Um, they're like looking for him at nights, trying to find him in the caves where they're, they're hiding because this, this new chief told him about him. Um, but basically they, <laughs> oh, I know I have this. He, Hagrid says, I was, it was hard to put a stop to Madame Maxime jumping out at them at the Death Eaters. She was raring to attack them. She's something when she's roused, limp, fiery, you know. Spect it's the French in her. <laughs> uh, and then Hagrid, Hagrid, like, gets all sentimental and, like, is remembering. And I'm like, he's probably thinking about how much he's got a giant, huge boner for his girl, Madame Maxime. And I'm like... Did your phone just ring? Yes, it did. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember where I was. Uh, Just basically, Hagrid's a fucking gem. Hagrid is the best, and he's thinking about his girl, Maxime. I'm glad these two are like... I mean, I like I, I, I get the implication that they're like together now, like they're an item, they're a couple, and I'm, I'm very happy for them, if that is right. the case. Long story short, uh, more giants get killed, and they, they had found some that were like not with the new chief and were like injured and they were making some progress with them, but then they all got killed too. And basically none of them are coming to help against Voldy. Uh, Haggard hopes some of them will remember Dumble and that he was kind to them and considerate, but it doesn't look good, but they still don't know why he's back so late and what the hell happened to his face. He also reveals that, uh, that he did find out for sure that his mother uh, yes. is dead. Yes, uh, I thought I made a note about that, but apparently not. But yeah, he says he wasn't attacked because they're asking him like, yo, what? So tell us what the fuck is up with your face. He's like, I wasn't attacked, but he gets cut off when Umbridge shows up. Knock at the door. Of course. God, I hate her. They get under the cloak and tell Hagger because Hagger doesn't know anything about who she is or what she's up to. So they're basically they dive into the cloak. They're like, be cool, Hagger. Be cool. Just be cool, man. Uh, Hagrid is anything but cool as usual, <laughs> but he tries. He does his Poor best. Poor fucking guy. Poor fucking guy has no idea. He just got home. He's got a fucking giant stake on his face because he's beat to shit. The poor guy has no clue what's going on. I, I he tries. He probably his best. smells like ass. Oh, he smells like total ass. I, I feel so bad for my boy Hagrid. He does his best. She comes in. She starts questioning him, like she totally just owns the place. And Hagrid, he's like. Uh, I don't want to be rude, but who the fuck are you? Who <laughs> <laughs> the ruddy hell are you? <laughs> yep. Uh, Hagrid is the best. Uh, she asks him, like, yo, what's up with your face? And Hagrid, <laughs> he tries, man. He tries so hard. Oh, I uh, I had a bit of an accident. What sort of accident? I, I, I tripped. <laughs> you <laughs> tripped. Yeah, that's right. Over... Over a friend's broomstick. I don't fly myself. Well, look at the size of me. I don't reckon there's a broomstick that'd hold me. Friend of mine breeds a Braxton horses. I don't know if you ever seen them. Big, big beast, winged, you know. I have a bit of a ride on one of them, and it was... <laughs> he's just, like, rambling. And she just cuts him off. She's like, where have you been? Where have I been? 
Yes, term started more than two months ago, and other teachers had to cover your classes. None of your colleagues have been able to give me any information as to where your whereabouts. You left no address. Where have you been? Uh, <laughs> Harry here makes the note. Uh, Hagrid just stared at her. He could almost hear his brain working furiously. <laughs> I picture the the gif of like the lady with all the math. lady gif. Yeah, that's basically this is Hagrid trying to think of excuses. <laughs> uh, I, I've I've been away for me health, for your health. As she like stares in his face, which is just fucked up. I see. Yeah, said Hagrid. Bit a bit of fresh air, you know. Yes, as gamekeeper, fresh air must be so difficult to come by. <laughs> And Hagrid's like, well, what so change funny. of scenery, you know? Mountain scenery? She asks him. And they're like, oh, fuck, she knows. And Hagrid's, mountains? Nope, south of France for me. Bit of sun and, and sea. Really? You don't have much of a tan. <laughs> yeah, well, sensitive skin. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Hagrid is the best. He's he's trying so hard. She fucking knows a lot of what's going on. And uh he he sticks with it. He, you know, sticks to his guns and pulls out the lamest excuses of all time. But he tries. Uh good for you, Hagrid. I love my, I love my giant man. Umbridge is, is totally not buying any of this and says that she'll be inspecting his class soon. She leaves. Hermione, they come out. Hermione's like, you have to teach us something boring and lame because she'll look for any excuse to get rid of you. And he's like, ah, whatever. I'm going to bed. Um, They're walking back to the castle and Hermione's like, I don't give a fuck about Trelawney, but I will make Hagrid listen and plan his lessons if need be. She can kick Trelawney out and do whatever the fuck, but she is not taking Hagrid away from us. I, I think it's very funny. Uh, Hermione's like, um, what sort of things yeah. are you planning to do with us in class, Hagrid? <laughs> and he's like, oh, don't you worry yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> like all stoked. Planned. He's like, oh, I got such cool shit coming. He's like, I've been keeping a couple of creatures saved for your owl year. And Hermione's like, um, special in what way, Hagrid? <laughs> she's way worried about him in fact the next chapter chapter 21 she's she's still going down to him and trying to get him to listen but he's stubborn he he won't listen to her at all and he also won't even though he was about to tell him the night before he apparently won't tell him now how he got the injuries uh they go to his class and he shows them the skeletor horses Apparently, they are called Thestrals. Fuck yeah. Only a few can see them. Harry, Neville, and some Slytherin boy. And we find out that only people who have seen death can see them. Fuck Which is yeah. pretty cool. That's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. No, they're, they're my... I think they're my favorite magical creature in, in, in Harry Potter. Like, I just think they're a really cool concept. It's a cool concept. It's a cool idea. Um... Hagrid says they really only ever pull the carriages or if Dumble is taking a long journey and doesn't want to apparate. I don't know if that's important, but I found that interesting. Like, is he just too lazy to apparate sometimes and just wants to fly on one of these fucking Skeletor horses? Uh, Guess so, man. That's pretty rad. 
So Umbridge shows up to inspect his class, and she's just a real fucking dick to Hagrid because he's a half-breed. Half-breed, excuse me. Oh, that's right. She talks to him like he's a fucking moron, right? Yes, she pretends he's real dumb and can barely understand, like, speech. She's talking, like, real slow and loud. Unforgivable, man. It sucks so bad. Hermione is not fucking happy. She is, like, so pissed. So that class does not go well. She's like, yeah, I'll uh, I'll give you the results of your inspection in, like, ten days. Later we find out <laughs> that Ginny is replacing Harry on the Quidditch team, and this is the most I've ever been interested in Quidditch because Ginny's rad. I'm like, maybe Dude. if shit-ass Harry isn't the focus of these Quidditch matches and Ginny is, I might actually conceivably enjoy it. Uh, it's so rad. I love Ginny, Good dude. for Ginny, dude. I'm so hype on Ginny. She is coming up huge in this book in so many ways. And then they have their uh, their secret data lesson. I think this is the last one before Christmas break. <laughs> I, need to, I need to let you know how I wrote this in my notes because I was very excited at first. And I had... Oh, man, Show and Harry after class. <laughs> and then immediately after that, I had to write, Oh, man, Show and Harry after class. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually quite sad and soul-crushing. Um, yeah. I was very excited and very hype, and then it turned really sad. Um, so, yeah, she's, like, crying. after they, they, Two of them stay after alone. She starts crying. Harry doesn't know what to do because he he's a dipshit. Uh, she I mean, would you know what to do? No, I, listen, it's it's a tough it's a tough situation to be sure. But she she kisses him. Harry goes back to the common room and starts telling or starts talking to Ron and Hermione all about it. And. Uh, <laughs> I have to read some of this exchange verbatim because it's, it's very good. It's very good. <laughs> uh, well, how was it? Harry considered for a moment. Wet, he said truthfully. <laughs> Ron made a noise that might have indicated jubilation or disgust. It was hard to tell because she was crying. Oh, said Ron, his smile fading. Are you that bad at kissing? <laughs> Dunno, said Harry, who hadn't considered this and immediately felt rather worried. Maybe I am. And then Hermione decides to chime in, and she tells these dipshits what's what. She said, of course you're not. And they're like, how do you know? Because Cho spends half her time crying these days. She does it at mealtimes, in the loos, all over the place. And Ron Ron's says, such Ron's moron. such a fucking dipshit. Oh, you'd think a bit of kissing would cheer her up. And Hermione immediately calls his ass out. She says, Ron, you are the most insensitive warts I have ever had the misfortune to meet. <laughs> that is like the most harsh but most true thing Hermione has ever said in her life, and I'm here for it. Uh, Ron, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, what sort of person cries while someone's kissing them? And, yeah, Harry also wants to know. He's like, yeah, fucking tell me, because now I'm worried I'm a shitty kisser. And she's like, don't you understand how Cho's feeling at the moment? 
She's feeling very sad because of Cedric dying. Then I expect she's feeling confused because she liked Cedric and now she likes Harry. And she can't work out who she likes best. Then she'll be feeling guilty, thinking it's an insult to Cedric's memory to be kissing Harry at all. And she'll be worrying about what everyone else might say about her if she starts going out with Harry. And she probably can't work out her feelings towards Harry are anyway because he was the one who was with Cedric when Cedric died. So that's all very mixed up and painful. Oh, and she's afraid she's going to be thrown off the Ravenclaw Quidditch team because she's been flying so badly. And they just sit there. They are just stunned by this whole speech. <laughs> and Ron goes, one person can't feel that all at once. They'd explode. And Hermione, with the second amazing zinger in a row on Ron, just because you've got the emotional range of a teaspoon doesn't mean we all have. Dude. <laughs> the emotional range of a teaspoon. Oh, that is a burn and a half. So good. They, they actually do this scene very well in the movie. Yeah? It's very funny. That's good to hear. That's it, good it, to is, hear. it is very funny. She is. Hermione is fucking just absolutely wrecking shop here in like every <laughs> scene she's ever in, as usual. Uh, Hermione keeps going. She's like, because Harry's like, I didn't know what to do. And Hermione's like, well, you just had to be nice to her. You were nice to her, weren't you? <laughs> Harry, well, I sort of patted her on the back a bit. Dude. <laughs> Why is every interaction Harry and Joe have just the most awkward thing to it's, ever I picture, happen? I picture that, that, have you seen that gif with the person like trying to pet the person that's crying with the broom? <laughs> yes, yeah, that is basically exactly what happened here. Hermione looked as though she was restraining herself from rolling her eyes with extreme difficulty. Well, I suppose it could have been worse. Are you going to see her again? Harry is still clueless. He's such a fucking dick. Well, I'll have to, won't I? We've got DA meetings, haven't we? Hermione's like, you know what I fucking mean. He doesn't, even though she says that. Uh, <laughs> Hermione's words opened up a whole new vista of frightening possibilities. He tried to imagine going somewhere with Cho, Hogsmeade perhaps, or being alone with her for hours at a time. Of course she would be expecting him to ask her out after what had just happened. The thought made his stomach clench painfully. Hermione, oh well, you'll have plenty of opportunities to ask her. And Ron, an idiot, what if he doesn't want to ask her? Don't be silly. Harry's liked her for ages, haven't you, Harry? And he doesn't answer. Uh, because he's like... Whenever he imagined a scene involving the two of them, it had always featured a Cho who was enjoying herself as opposed to a Cho who was sobbing uncontrollably onto his shoulder. He's like, I don't know how to fucking deal with this. Uh, yeah, very, very funny. And like these zingers we get from Hermione, but also like I feel so bad for Cho because Hermione is exactly right. Like she, her emotions concerning Cedric and Harry have to be absolutely crazy and how do you parse that out and you know what i'm you know what i'm realizing right now what uh you like you some uh some young adult uh romance <laughs> you're so in this why are you realizing <laughs> this just now we've talked about I, this many times i know it's been said in passing but you're like you just read like three pages for I did. I did. <laughs> listen, this is uh, listen, buddy. This was the most interesting thing that happened in these five goddamn chapters. So I had to really that is not make true. a point of that. Oh, sorry. Them getting banned from Quidditch for life is so interesting. 
Um, yeah. I'm going to fucking strangle you. Uh, you should. This this was all good and interesting stuff. Listen, I like Cho. I like Hermione. And this was the Hermione shitting on Ron show, which is always a good time. Yep. And I feel... Okay, I don't know if this is just the way Rowling writes them or if this is just true to life or if this is a commentary on just how shitty teenage boys are. All the I'm noticing more and more that all the the female characters in this show or in this show in this book are like very deep and well written and all the male characters just suck ass. They're just I mean Dumbledore doesn't suck ass. Snape, I mean you, you don't think Snape sucks ass. He's deep. I'm sorry. I should specify the students, specifically the students. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, look, I think I have to be honest. I think that I may have said this to you before, but maybe it was a long time ago. I feel like a lot of the characterizing of the students is like very um very animated like what do you mean like like for example like every person that's like a bad person is they look like they just look hilarious right like they look evil like they're just cartoonish cartoonish evil and then the boys are just like idiots and the girls are just like pretty and smart right um, which I don't necessarily hate. I think a lot of the girl characters, especially the students, are are hilarious and yeah. fun. Um, but you know, yeah, they're you're right. They're like I said, I I don't know if it's just Rowling being a woman herself just feels more comfortable and better writing the female characters, or if it's just more true to life that yes all teenage boys suck ass that that could also be the case most teenage boys most suck teenage ass. boys do so listen maybe this is just true to life but i just noticed that as like i really like jenny i really like hermione i like cho you like fred and george fred george okay there you go there you go okay i guess i guess it's not everyone and you like cedric i love cedric i'm coming around on neville a little bit too good um he he does he does get better. I mean, like, he he his character is more enjoyable as the book's gone. He's he's definitely more interesting recently. Like, he's got more going on than just oh, I'm a coward. I'm a coward. I'm a coward. So yes, I, they, they're giving the Rowling is giving him a little bit more context. Yes, so correct. You understand his cowardice, and then you also like when he steps outside of that box. It's like wow, that was that was nice. That's right. good. Exactly for sure. So yeah, that's that all happens here. I'm a I'm a big fan of all of this uh and what happened there. Um Hermione is this whole time Hermione has been writing to Crumb again. Ron is is big pissed about this. <laughs> and when she leaves and goes to bed, he asks Harry he wants to know what she sees in him. And Harry, I, I appreciate this from my guy here. He's like uh, well, he's older and mature, and also he's an international Quidditch superstar. <laughs> Maybe a few of those things. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ron is out. like, yeah, but apart from that. Yeah, aside but apart, that, yeah, aside from all that bullshit that you just said. I mean, he's a grouchy git, isn't he? No, <laughs> he's a grouchy git. It's very funny. That's true, though. Okay, 
I said that was the only thing that interesting happened in this chapter. I assume you're referencing this dream that Harry has here when you said you were so mad at me that yes, there was more than that. This is interesting, but I just don't know the. I just don't know what's gonna become of it or what's happening yet. So I'm not like over the moon this about is, it. This is a good, but also an inconvenient spot for this for this batch to end. Sure, because it is somewhat of like a oh what the fuck is that kind of a cliffhanger. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but also it's like I feel like it would hit a little harder, or it would it just it falls into place better if you just go through it straight without right. breaking it up but whatever i mean it's well, fine. let's let's talk it about is what it. it is i could have done more but honestly i was just very sick of reading these chapters <laughs> so well, that's a bummer because this is this is a good turning point i guess uh, i for, for certainly hope so so harry <laughs> so first the first part of this dream is very funny and amusing and then it gets real dark real quick so harry dreamed he was back in the uh rumor requirement thing and Cho was accusing him of luring her there under false pretenses. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but then she's like, you said that you had promised me 150 chocolate frog cards if I showed up. And <laughs> then she's, Harry's like, uh, what? I don't know. And then she's like, Cedric gave me loads of chocolate frog cards. <laughs> and she just starts pulling out a ton of chocolate frog cards and showing them to her. And uh, then Hermione is in there and Hermione's like, you did promise her chocolate frog cards, Harry. I think you'd better give her something else instead. How about your firebolt? Dude. <laughs> this is so weird. Harry's like, oh, I can't give you my firebolt because Umbridge has it. And anyway, this whole thing is ridiculous. He... I've only come to this room to put up some Christmas baubles shaped like Dobby's head. Uh, this sounds like a real legit re- dream because nothing makes sense here. And yeah, it's very no, it, it absolutely is. <laughs> so then we transition from that into what Harry assures us is not a dream, but is like a vision, something that actually happened. Harry is like a snake. He's a, he's a snake man or just a snake, and <laughs> that's a great description. Or just snake man or just a snake. I don't know. Uh he's he longed to bite the man. There's this man on the floor, but he must resist. He had more important work to do. But the man was stirring. A silvery cloak fell from his legs as he jumped to his feet. Uh, he saw a wand withdrawn from a belt. He had no choice. He reared high from the floor and struck once, twice, three times, plunging his fangs deeply into the man's flesh, feeling his ribs splinter beneath his jaws, feeling the warm gush of blood. Ew, this is way too descriptive and gross. Uh, The man was yelling in pain. Then he fell silent. He slumped backward against the wall. And then his forehead hurt terribly. It was aching, fit to burst. And this is when Harry wakes up. His scar is killing him. And he knows this was real, that it happened just now. And then he tells Ron that it was Arthur. And then he knows he was attacked and they have to help him. I'm like, oh, you fucking better not do anything to my guy, uh, fucking Arthur. I will pitch a fit. Uh, Neville runs out, gets McGonagall. He tells her what happened. She seems like just horrified, but she believes him. 
And the chapter ends with her saying, we're going to see the headmaster. And that's the last thing that I read. So, yeah, for the first time yeah. in, you know, 20 like odd chapters, chapters, something is has happened and there seems to be action taking place for once. Um, So I guess I'm excited for that. But these were definitely some of my darkest lowest points of reading these books like look i I will take that criticism on the chin because well you didn't want to earlier when i was griping about quidditch well it's one thing to be like hey this batch of chapters wasn't fantastic right that's fine but you just get uncontrollably (laughs) like just upset having to even talk about quidditch and it's like look quidditch is not fun i don't care about it but there are things to be said about what is happening at the Quidditch match. There's right? so much of it. Like, when they're not playing Quidditch, they're practicing Quidditch, they're talking about Quidditch, they're discussing Quidditch fucking sloth roll strategies, and, like, the only interesting thing that has ever happened in Quidditch is Ginny being the new Seeker, and it's not really interesting. I think it's more funny that these dumb fuckers got banned, but it's just... None of it has anything to do with the main plot or story, and it's just the least interesting things. It's always the least interesting parts of these books. Let me phrase it that way. Always. 100% of the time. That's that's fair. Nothing, nothing that I've ever read in these books has been of less interest to me than every single time they're talking about or having Quidditch matches. And that's why book four was so good in my mind is because we got the early chapter of the Quidditch World Cup and then it was done. Not like mentioned, not like thought about, not discussed, like for the entire rest of the book. And that was, oh, so good. Such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, um, I get it. I get it. You, I, I you think, like to uh, pretend that you don't get it, though. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I think, uh, I think that this next batch of chapters will be your favorite of the book so far. I know that's not a high bar because yeah. you've been pretty sure, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I do think, I mean, we we're over halfway through the book now or close to, so stuff has to heart has to start happening soon. I would assume. Yes. So I certainly hope so. Yep. Um, I almost feel like you should only do four chapters for the next. Is it a good cliffhanger? Or is there just a lot in those chapters? Um, it's a little dense. Yeah. Uh, for sure, you need to get through twenty-four, which shouldn't be a problem because no. that's only three, right? Twenty-two. Yeah. I don't know what I'll do. Like I said, I generally yeah, play it by ear, and uh, this time I like I didn't have a ton of notes. I probably this won't be the longest episode. I probably could have kept going but i was just i was just straight up not having a good time and Look, i was just like, hey it's okay man it's okay it's all right um this this book look i've told you repeatedly even before we started this yes, book so this did. is not a defense right no, you did tell me i've told you repeatedly that the end of this book makes up for how lackluster the beginning of the book is in my opinion right i i really hope this book turns around like it it kind of has to yeah uh 
if we have more Quidditch matches that are actually about Ginny, that might be fun, even though it's Quidditch. I don't know. Um, I mean, it'll be mentioned at the very least, sure. right? Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Yeah. Now that they've now that they've said that, they've, yeah, they've made this whole setup, so surely it has to pay off there, somehow. There is specifically a chapter, and I can say the name of it because you have no idea what it is. It's it's Occlumency. It's one of the next chapters you're going to be reading. Uh, that I think you're you're going to be very interested in. I, I think I think you're just going to like the overall like who's involved with it and what it is, what it means, like and and how to do it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I think we'll have some fun on this next batch, and, and I do think that, it, that the book will stay kind of up in that pace, the, the rest of the book. I hope so, because these first, what are we on, like three or four episodes? <laughs> yeah, they're not fantastic. It's been, I started out just kind of meh, whatever. Uh, there were a few interesting things keeping me going, like the trial. The trial has been the the best thing in this book by an absolute mile. Like, Yeah, no, the, the trial is is a is a top tier thing like in in the whole series i love it yeah like the trial was great aside from that like nothing has been hardly memorable at all like the rest of it is just hermione being rad as always and you know my favorite <laughs> teen romance drama bullshit but uh yeah i i hope it turns around from here i i think it will i i i hope that you won't be disappointed with the rest of it so me too cool well we're going to go ahead and call it there. Thank you guys for listening so much to this week's episode of We Don't Wanna Harry Potter. Go check us out at We Don't Wanna One Piece as we are wrapping up the One Piece Alabasta Saga arc, saga arc thing. What one is it called? Those, you know. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> um, we're putting that baby to rest. We've got uh, one more episode. Putting it in its grave. It's going in the grave. Yeah. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, being converted into a fan of One Piece. So if you would like to check out that journey, uh, go do it, because it is it is a fucking wild ride. It is so fun, and it would mean a ton to us. Uh, as always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at We Don't Want a Pod, and tell a friend or your grandma to listen to this podcast. Or your grandma specifically. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. We'll catch you next time. Fuck. Fuck. I cannot get this fucking crusty out. Why don't you go, like, gargle something, like some blue balls? (laughs) Okay, that was pretty good.